Hello and welcome to Team Wales podcast. This series will delve into the life stories of iconic Commonwealth athletes, follow the journey of our top athletes as they turn aspirations into reality, and what's it really like behind the scenes in getting Team Wales to a Commonwealth Games. Join us as we go on the road to Birmingham 2022. He could swim 10 metres at just one years of age, and now he's one of the best swimmers in the world. Still only 25 years old, two world championships, an Olympic final, and a double Commonwealth medalist. I give you Dan Jervis. So Dan, thanks so much for joining us on this month's podcast. It only seems like yesterday that we were chatting, you'd just come back from Tokyo. Fast forward a few months and we're counting down the days pretty much to Birmingham. Has it been a whirlwind few months for you since Tokyo? It has. It's been, it has been an experience. You know, I've learned so much. Um, it, it's been crazy. Yeah, it has. And it's been hard work as well. You know, training, we're in full, full training. We have been out for months. Um, but I, I love it. And, you know, I'm so excited for Birmingham. Like, actually, I'm more excited for Birmingham than I have been in the other two games. So what, Why is that? Is it because it's so close to home and you've got, you will have a lot of support there? Or is it because you're more experienced that you've seen it, done it before? It's a bit of both. Like, it is quite close to home. Um, you know, I think Resolven, the village that I come from, is going to have buses going up. Do you know what I mean? So hopefully there will be crowds that are allowed to be in there. Um, but I think as well, you know, I've, I've done it twice before now and I know what to expect and I know what to expect myself. And I'm like, even from even from the Olympics a few months ago, you know, I feel as if I'm a different person, you know, especially from four years ago. And um, I just can't wait. And, you know, like the team that I train with in Swans, you know, a lot of these guys are going to be on the team with me in Birmingham. And it's just, it, it sounds so cheesy, but it's very much a family atmosphere and I thrive off that. And so that's why I'm so excited because like, we're going to have such a laugh. And that's important for you, isn't it? That that, yeah. that social side of things. You're still very young as well, even though you, that you've accomplished so much so far. <laughs> um, how important is that family network within, because you're so close to your family at home, of course, and how important is it to have that same um, relationship within the sport? For me, it's vital. Um, I was brought up in a, a small village, as I said, in very much um, a community atmosphere. Plus the church that I go to, you know, is, it's my second family, my churches. And um, the family that I was brought up in, you know, we're very open and uh, Christian family and we just, we, we're very close. And I think, because now I, I don't live at home right at now, um, I've got my own apartment, fortunately. And so I spend a lot of time at the moment alone. And I've given up so much because of the pandemic. Like, I haven't been able to hug my parents since Christmas Day. Do you know what I mean? It's been, and it, that has been really hard. That's probably one of the hardest things I've done in my, in sport. Um, but, you know, it will be worth it when I'm on top of that podium in Birmingham. Um, but, yeah, what I find is I try to maintain, like, a family atmosphere in swimming because I see these guys a hundred times more than I see my family. Do you know what I mean? So, really, these guys are as close to me as that you know and that's so cheesy and when these guys are listening back they're laughing in my face but it's true like they, they might some of them are my best friends you know and I put a lot of trust in them and I'm sure they put a lot of trust in me as well and talking about family and importance 
that's how you got into swimming as well, isn't it? It's a, it's, yeah. it's a sad story in terms mm -hmm. of your grandfather. Yeah. Um, but I'll let you tell the story of, of how you came about to, to get into that pool the first time. Okay, so it's a long story, but I'll put it shorter. So uh, the year I was born in 96, uh, my grandfather suffered a heart attack. And so for rehabilitation, because swimming is such a good sport, I mean, use every muscle in your body when you swim. Um, the doctor said, you know, swimming would be great for him. Plus he was retired as well. And uh, my sister, who's three years older than me, she was um, in full-time school at this point. But I was in like, I think I was in nursery or something. And, uh, oh, actually I wasn't even in that at the moment because I was so young. Uh, so my nan and granddad, while she was still in school, they would take me swimming every day. And yeah, they taught me to swim. My nan and granddad in Gleneath Swimming Pool. Um, I was very young. Well, they taught me from like, they, they brought me from my like birth. Do you know what I mean? And this is my claim to fame. Uh, I've said it so many times, but I'm literally trying to tell everyone because this is the coolest thing about me <laughs> is that when I was one, I could swim 10 meters without any armbands. And that's hard to believe. Like, you know, um, but I, I just loved it. You know, I was like a duck to water when I when I swam in it. And yeah, um, and my nana tells me stories all the time where I used to hang on to her legs and she's a hater because she's not a confident swimmer. Uh, but my grandfather was. And yeah, they, they taught me to swim. And, you know, right throughout my career, my grandparents and my mother's parents as well have been my biggest fans. Do you know what I mean? And unfortunately, last May, we lost my grandfather. But he was able to see me qualify for the Olympics. I mean, he didn't get to see me compete, but he knew I was going to be going, and that's that's everything to me. And when when I compete in Birmingham, when I'm in that uh, when I'm in the Commonwealth final, I'll be swimming for him. Yeah. Your sister is older than you, and she yes. was at your local swimming club. Yeah. Then you started, and what, within a couple of years, you became European junior champion. Absolutely not. I wish it was. Uh, but no, I went through, I went right throughout all the stages, you know. Um, I think I joined the swimming club when I was like maybe five or six. I don't know what age, but I think I'd done my first competition when I was eight. And yeah, I just progressed from there, really. I I was in uh, Neath Valley at the time and then it was Nexus uh, for God, about 10 years. And I think I moved to Neath Swimming Club when I was 13. And I was there for two years and I had a great time there. And then it was time to move on again. And I moved to Swansea then in uh, 2012 or just before 2012. So, um, and it was great when I moved to, I used to look at people in Swansea, Swim Swansea, as it was called then, as gods. You know what I mean? And they were amazing and they were the best in Wales. And to me, that was, I mean, the world basically stopped the coast of Wales. Do you know what I mean? I didn't know much more. So, you know, swimming with those guys and swimming with my idols was amazing. And yeah, I just progressed through. I worked hard. I put my head down. I sacrificed the things I needed to sacrifice. And um, yeah, as time went on, I just got better, more confident and more happy with myself and everything and putting a lot more trust in my coach. You know, I trust my coach completely. He knows me better than I know myself, actually, you know. Um, and yeah, I, in 2014, I the, probably the biggest breakthrough of my life. I qualified for European Juniors, which was my main aim for the competition for the year. And doing that, I qualified for Commonwealth Games. I went to European Juniors. You know, having a medal in sight, you always, you know, when I went to Tokyo now, I always want that gold, you know. Um, but realistically, I was just like, just to go for the experience. And I won it. And I came back, I went to the Commonwealth Games, and literally I just wanted to swim there, you know what I mean? Like being a Commonwealth athlete, I was like, oh my God, that's, uh, my world is made. And I made, made the final. And I remember phoning my dad the day before the final. And I was like, 
it was just after my race. And I said to him, I was like, Dad, I'm going in third place. And he was like, I know. And I was like, I could do something for here, you know? And, but you know, it's still in the back of my mind. I was like, oh, you know, it's still going to be come with final. And I did. I had the best swim of my life. And I came third. And then that gave me so much more confidence. It puts a lot of pressure on you as well. I mean, after you perform well in a world stage, I feel like it's not like this, but it feels like everyone's eyes are like on you. And, you know, I, in the beginning, I didn't deal with that very well. I took it to heart and I was like, oh God, all these people have so many ex expectations of me. But then when I got used to that and I learned how to deal with the pressure, that's when I could use it then, you know, and I was thriving in it. And yeah. So how, how do you deal with that pressure then when you're, you know, in the Olympic final, um, one of the favourites in the Commonwealth Games? How do you deal with that pressure on your shoulders? I try to switch off from it because I, I suffer a lot with anxiety. And it's, and it's nothing really to do with swimming. I just suffer anything. It could be anything, you know. And so one thing I try to do, I watch, I watch a lot of Netflix. A lot of The Crown on Netflix. Um, I listen to music. Um, but also, I just try to, like, enjoy myself. Do you know what I mean? Um, during COVID, it has been quite difficult to do this. But I like to... We, we travel around the world, do you know what I mean? And when, when, when you go away with swimming, it's very much, you're there to swim, you're there to do your job, and I understand that. But I do try to see a little bit of the city or the country where I'm from. So, like, you know, if I'm going all the way to Thailand or somewhere like that, I want to see Thailand. I just don't want to see the airport and the pool, do you know what I mean? And so we do get to do that sometimes. But the way I deal with it is just I try to embrace the atmosphere. And so usually I do listen to music just before I walk out. But I remember in the Olympic final... I wanted to experience it. I wanted to remember the final. Do you know what I mean? Because like, I don't know, in 50 years time when my grandkids are asking me, what was it like? I want to be able to be honest with them and be like, oh, so this is what, what it felt like instead of making it up, you know? Do you still remember the tannoy when they say men's 1500 meter Olympic final? Do you still remember that? I still remember the exact moment because I was in the middle of putting my hat on and I was like, oh my God. I was like, I can't believe I'm doing this because... I still, like, mentally, I'm, like, 12 years old. You know what I mean? And so I, I... It was unbelievable walking out into that atmosphere. And obviously, like, the crowds weren't there. But there were still a few thousand people there. Do you know what I mean? Like, the athletes were there. And so it was very loud in there. And it was a very, very echoey hall. And um, I remember walking out, and I didn't feel my feet touch the floor. I felt as if I was walking on clouds. And I remember waving my hand. and I remember speaking to my coach before, actually, and I was like, what am I going to wear? Because I was trying to think of something not to do with the race because I was nervous. And he was like, why do you care about what you're going to wear? And I was like, in 50 years' time, going back to my grandkids, I was like, I want to like, look good in those photos, do you know what I mean? <laughs> and, um, yeah, it was, it was amazing. And I can only describe it. It was like a rocket launch. It's like you're waiting to take off. And then when, you when they mention your name as you walk out, that's liftoff. It's, it was amazing. Wow. And obviously you had quite a welcome when you came home. I did, <laughs> I did. And I've always been, um, you know, when I was younger, uh, in, in church every Sunday, and they do this now, if you've got something to show, they have you on stage and you explain it, you know, because it's, it's exciting for everyone. And um, I remember when I, when I came home, I can't, I can't, I'm t as I've got older, I've been the type of person I kind of keep it to myself because... Also, when, when I go to church and someone's getting on the stage all the time, like I was getting up all the time when I was younger, talk about medals. Like, you don't go to church to listen to me speak. You go to listen to the pastor and talk about God and everything. 
so I, I've been quite like quiet about swimming and everything. But when I got home, oh my God, it went nuts. Like the village was like, it was like electric, you know? And it was amazing because I'd been home a few days because we, we had to isolate for a few days. And I think it was like the day I got out of isolation or a few days after my village put on, I was mortified when I found this out, mind. But my village kind of, they shut the roads throughout the village and they they got an open top car. I think it was like a Porsche. But I, I was happy with that, you know what I mean? And uh, they paraded me throughout the village and there were hundreds of people lined the streets for me. And I was literally just like, even think about now, I feel as if it's a dream, you know? And at the time, I don't think I realised like, this has never happened to anyone before. And so I was just trying to take it in. And But at the same time, I was absolutely mortified before it because I was like, no one's going to turn up. That's why I never had birthday parties because I'm always afraid I was going to turn up. Um, and so I was petrified before it. And then when I when we entered the village and it was like, it was unbelievable. It was loud. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, oh, it was fantastic. And that's, that's why I do it because I love it. Was that a big pinch me moment then? How much you were, I suppose, respected and people knew what you had done, what you had achieved? Yeah, I think so, because I am just a normal boy from the valleys. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, I, there's nothing special. I'm just a normal boy. Uh, but I'm someone who's worked hard. And the pinch me moment was like, I just felt as if that moment was inspiring a lot of people of all ages and in all walks of life, which that's what I want to do. And um, yeah, it was it was incredible. You've um, you've touched on your Christianity and how yeah. important it is. How important has your faith been in terms of your your journey as an elite athlete? Then I think it's been vital. It's hard to explain, um, but you know, before anything, I'm a Christian. You know, before anything, like I'm proud of a lot. I'm very fortunate to be proud of a lot of things in life, but the thing I'm most proud of is my faith. And, you know, I think it's because it's been ingrained in me from when I was, well, a child, you know, I, I don't remember not going to church. Um, and then when I was about 17 years old, I found my own relationship with God and I got baptized in my church. And yeah, I, you know, I feel as if it, it's rocky sometimes. Sometimes I'm like very like into reading the Bible. And then sometimes I do struggle with it because sometimes I open the Bible and I'm like, I shut the Bible, but I, I read the Bible every night. I like it, even if it's just a verse. And sometimes I close the Bible and I'm like, I don't know what I just read. Do you know what I mean? Because sometimes you just, it just goes over my head. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it is vital to me and my family, you know, they've brought me up well and they taught me, they brought me up in the Christian way. And that's how, when I'm older, I will be bringing up my children. Do you have a, a favourite verse, for example, if you're, if you're going into a race or you feel your, your anxiety is building up, is there something that, a verse in the Bible that calms you down, brings you down and kind of helps you cope with, with the stresses of life then? There is. I do have a favourite verse. And I got, I got it off um, the year I qualified for Commonwealth Games. This was before I competed in the Games. Uh, my church gave me a travel Bible because they knew I was going to be travelling all around the world. And it was a metal case Bible, so we knew it would be safe. And on the back of it, it had, I've actually got a tattooed on my arm because that's how much it means to me. Um, and it's quite a long verse, so I didn't know the whole thing on my arm. Uh, but it's Deuteronomy 31.6. And it's, so be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them. For the Lord your God is with you. He will never fail you nor abandon you. And I do take that in all aspects of life. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Even if I'm nervous about something that's nothing to do with swimming, I'll think of that and be like, I've got nothing to worry about here. I've got, I've got no problems. Did you feel so close to God, especially if you're 
traveling abroad, competing abroad, or you're just about to dive in the pool for a big competition, do you feel that he's always there with you? You've got that companionship. 100%, yeah. And I understand that people that don't know much about faith or have a faith or anything, it does sound weird. It sounds as if I'm like going crazy, as if like I feel as if I've got a constant companion. But for me, it's, it puts me at so much ease, you know? And yeah, I always, I feel as if God is close to me all the time. And I feel as if he teaches me lessons a lot of the time, you know? And um, one example is, I remember in 2016, I was, I, I think I've said this before, um, I was going into the final of the Olympic trials in first position. I was going in a long way ahead and I was really, really excited. And you never, ever guaranteed a win. Like you could be the best athlete in the world, but you could still come last. Um, and so I was going into this final being like, I've got this, you know, not big headed, but inside I was like, I've, I've got this. And I didn't get it. You know, I lost, I came like fourth or something. And I remember before the race, I was like, oh God, I, f I can feel God really close to me. And, I, and at the time I was like, cause I'm gonna win. And then afterwards, and for the few weeks after, I was like, what happened? Do you know what I mean? And I'd be praying, I'd be like, what, what was that? Do you know? And then over time I realized that like, I think it's because God knew I couldn't deal with it on my own. Do you know, cause I was devastated when I didn't qualify in 2016. It was like a grief. It was like, I'd, cause it was my dream. I'd lost my dream. And it was like losing a family member. That's what it felt like. And uh, yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry I had to go with that. <laughs> no, that's, it's, it's really interesting, isn't it? And I suppose, you know, every athlete have got their own stories and ways of, yeah. I suppose, coping with the stresses of life, isn't it? It doesn't yes. matter what, what it is. Um, I suppose looking ahead now then, um, you know, what you've achieved already at such a young age and looking ahead and I suppose to tie in with the, with the campaign that Team Wales are doing, the summit of our aspirations, What's what's the summit for you? What's the what's the, the top goal for you? One of your summits then? Oh, I have so many goals, but like my main aim, I've always had the same goal. You could have asked me this 10 years ago, you could ask me in a few years, but my goal is always to win Olympic gold. That's what I want. Do you know what I mean? To be Olympic champion. And it was amazing when I was in Tokyo because I saw friends do that. Mm. Do you know? And since since Tokyo, it, it was amazing because I've always said, like, oh, I want to be Olympic gold medalist. But in Tokyo, I saw it. I saw the Olympic gold in Tokyo, you know? And there was only one person in the world in my event that didn't, one person ahead of me in the world that didn't win an Olympic medal. And I was like, oh, my God, this is in touching distance now. And it is for Paris. That's what I want to do in Paris. Um, so that's one of them. But another one of my aspirations is I want to hear my Himalad Vanade on top of the podium in Birmingham. That's what I want to do, you know? Because I, I was brought up, I'm a very proud Welshman and I, I love it. And um, yeah, I just, I, and I will sing that like a canary on top of the podium. I don't care who cares. I don't care if my voice is horrendous. I will sing my heart out, you know. Have you been practising? I don't need to practise. <laughs> I've practised all my life. Yeah. Um, let's step away from the, the pool for a second then. In terms of, you've, you've spoken about your family, how close you are as a unit. Um, and by day, of course, yeah. you work very closely with your dad. I do, <laughs> yeah. Um, I've Actually, I've stopped, over the last few months, I've stopped this now because fortunately I've got to the point in my career where I, I don't have to rely on that and I can, I can be a full-time swimmer, which has made the world of difference to me, you know. Um, but yeah, up until, well, throughout the Olympics, I was working with my dad. You know, as a paint and decorator, I'm fully qualified. Um, yeah, I, I loved it, you know. Also, I got to work with my dad. So, you know, like, 
as a boss, he understands swimming, so I get very flexible working hours, if you know what I mean. And he was, yeah, he was, it was lovely. It was really nice. If he was going to give you a reference for a job, what do you think he would say to you about your, your work? <laughs> <sighs> Technically, I'm very good. Like, I'm very good at small, intricate things. But I am not very fast. <laughs> Honestly, my dad is, he's fantastic, man. He's got his own business and he's, he's, re he's got a really good business and he, he's very passionate about his job. And he's very good in intricate details and everything, but he's very quick at it as well. Uh, I should say, and he's very quick at it. Um, and I'm just, I'm just good at doing the small things and um, I'm just not very fast <laughs> at, at the moment. Of course, swimming is the focus, as, yeah. you've, as you've mentioned. Um, if you didn't succeed as a swimmer then what do you think where would your life be at the moment if I didn't have swimming involved mm. in it no I, I don't know I've always I didn't go to university and the reason why I didn't go is because the way I saw my life going I didn't think I needed it and you know I stick by that now I'm glad I didn't go up but what, what would I do I don't know I don't know. I wouldn't be any other athlete. I wouldn't. I, I can't do anything else, as in like sport-wise, especially football. I can't do that to save my life. But I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I would be working for my dad, um, and maybe I'd have half. Maybe I'd have fifty percent of the business. I don't know. My dad's going to be watching this, being like, absolutely not. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. You've obviously stayed with swimming, then. You've. Um tried open water swimming as well i have yes what's the difference obviously apart from the obvious of being outdoors and um different elements but what's the the difference when you're you put your swimming cap on you're in the water what's the difference between being in a pool and the sea for you well uh, the obvious difference i think is open water swimming is brutal Do you know like when i when i swim in the pool and i race in the pool i get out i'm fully intact and everything my my suit is still in one piece usually um but in an open water race you can get battered you know you like this fists thrown and you know watching the olympics in tokyo uh hector pardo who represented great britain he's welsh um he had his eye cut open you know and i'm like i wouldn't deal with that very well <laughs> you know i like my own space um and yeah and it's freezing cold you know and you're suited up and everything but i have tried it i've done it twice and the first time I'd done it was in the Great North Swim in, um, I think it was Lake Windermere, and I was terrible. Like, because I'd never done it before. I could barely lift my arms above my head. And I think, I, <laughs> what I remember of it was, um, I think at certain points, it was only a 1500 meter race, so it wasn't that far. But the, at the 100 meter mark, if you won that, you'd get money. At the 200 mark, you'd win money. And I was like, I want to win some money here, do you know what I mean? And by the 20 meter mark, I was like, I'm going to drown, you know? And yeah, it didn't go very well. But fortunately then, for some reason, I got onto the, uh, the team to go out to uh, Turkey, I think it was. And that was a 5K race. And it was much better, you know? I think out of 50 athletes, and they were European swimmers, you know what I mean? They were excellent, they were well experienced. I think out of 50, I came 25th, which was good for me, you know? It was a 5K. Uh, but it was also, it was very scary because it was jellyfish and everything. And mm. yeah, yeah I, <laughs> I watched too many films. Yeah. Seen so, many things. <laughs> so following in the footsteps of David Davis, pretty much, obviously, as a 1500 meter swimmer yeah. going into the open water, um, you're chasing his records, his, uh, his titles. How did that feel to have a goal? You know, some, you want to, you you know, you want to be the best. I do want to be the best, yeah. And, you know, you can go into any household. 
think in Wales and say, do you know who David Davis is? And they would know the name. And I wouldn't be like that, you know? And um, I think a lot of people think that I'm going after his record and everything, and I am. But also that's just like, it's just a time, you know? And I think for me, if I go after a time, I'm not going to get it. And so I'm just like, oh, well, that's just a time that I'd like to beat. But, you know, he was a phenomenal athlete. And I don't know when he'd done that. I think it could have been in Beijing he'd done that time. Um, or maybe Athens. And that was years ago. And so that kind of shows how much of a phenomenal athlete he was, you know. And I have spoke to him since I competed in the Games. Um, I think his daughter swims in one of the local clubs and was swimming in, I think she might swim in here, actually. Um, and uh, it was in the club championships and he was there. And so I went and spoke to him, you know, and, he, you know, he's a great guy. He's, he was a great athlete. Mm -hmm. And I, it was great to speak to him and be like, oh, he knows exactly what it's like to compete in an Olympic final. So I was like, it was amazing, wasn't it? And he was like, yeah, yeah it was really good. Um, but yeah, you know, I just, yeah, I'd, I'd love, I'd love people to talk about me the way, in the future, the way I talk about him, because, you know, he's someone I look up to. Let's talk Commonwealth Games. In the unique experience, being in the village, a lot of pinch me moments, I'm sure, seeing all these famous athletes across different nations. Um, what, what's it like for you as a Welsh athlete, walking around in your Team Wales kit, in the village with hundreds and thousands of other athletes it's excellent it's it's very hard to explain um but it's just it's very homely feeling i felt especially when i was in australia i felt this and um, there were so many welsh out there do you know what i mean like you'd be walking into the dining hall and you'd be like walking into swansea market there'd be so many people with team wales tops on and it was and it was really nice you know i think the commonwealth games are known as the friendly games and that's actually what it echoes to us athletes you know and it's great and it's very much like a positive atmosphere and I love it and you know wearing the name Wales on my chest or my back is the proudest moment for me and I, I absolutely love it and it's you know it is a pinch me moment because I've worked for this and, it, and it's great to walk around in these games whether it be Commonwealth Games or Olympics or any other competition and knowing everyone in that village has worked just as hard as you you know and yeah it's it's fantastic. Yeah. You, you've spoken of how passionate you are about your country and representing Wales. How do you sum it up? For those of us at home who are watching the Commonwealth Games or watching the, the Olympics, even though you compete for GB in the Olympics, but when you're at the Commonwealth Games representing your country with the home nation watching you on telly, how does that feel? Describe that, that moment for you. It's, it's something... Unlike anything else, if that makes any sense. Like, um, apologies, they are doing slams outside. So you, can, can, you, can you hear it on camera? Is that something? Yeah, honestly, it's fine. It's part of the process. But here, you know, you've, you've taken your time from, um, from your training session. And, you know, we can't stop everyone yeah. training. So it's, uh, it's fine. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you know, when, it, when you're walking out and you know, like, my, well, I think of my village, I do, are watching me. And I know, like... Wales isn't a big country, we, you know, we're quite a small nation, but we're a very proud nation and we've got a lot to offer the world and I feel as if, if I can just be a little part of that, it's everything, you know, it's, I, I love it and it is, I was inspired by people doing that, I'm still inspired by people like Jazz Carly, you know, she was such a fantastic athlete and she's a lovely person, do you know what I mean, and when, I'm, when, I, when I retire swimming, what I want to be known as, oh damn, was a fantastic swimmer and he was a lovely person. You know what I mean? That's that's what I want to be. And that's what people say about her and Georgia Davis and everyone like that, you know. Um, and they inspired me as a young Welsh boy. And that's how I want to inspire kids.
kids and adults uh, in Wales and around the Commonwealth and the world, obviously. Yeah. You seem to they seem to be training hard uh, with those bangs. They that are. We can hear, but, um, <laughs> 2014, there seems to be a bit of a pattern with Commonwealth Games with you. 2014, bronze. Yeah. 2018, silver. 2022, gold? Gold, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can only control me and I can't control what anyone else is going to do in the pool on that evening. Um, but what I will be able to tell you as a 100% fact is when I get out to that pool, whether it'll be gold or bronze or even not a medal, I would have given 100%, do you know? And, you know, like, as I said, I can't control anyone else. They could have the swimmer they like. They could have my 2014. And I can't do anything about that. But I know that I will be given 100% and I would have given everything. And as long as I can get out the pool and say that I've done that, I'll be happy, you know? But I do want the Commonwealth anthem. I, I do want the Welsh anthem because I do want to sing it loud. <laughs> I was so jealous in 2018 when I saw Alice sing it and I was like, that will, that will be me one day, so... Well, how about we do another podcast after you've been on top of the podium, Birmingham? Absolutely, yeah, I'd love to. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. Thank you very much. Such a lovely chat with Dan on his career, faith and family. Aspirations of a gold in Birmingham and Paris. And it all started with a trip to the pool with Grandad. Join us next time on The Road to Birmingham. Birmingham.